who's taking the day off, um, our much uh, loved pastor needs a day of rest, so we're giving him the day off. But Kurt's coming to preach for us today, and it just so happens to be his 80th birthday today. So, Kurt, come on up. We want to sing for you. And as Dennis says, this is not a funeral dirge, so let's keep it peppy. You got, you got a little history here before we get into this. I've known those two guys for too long. I've known them since they were teenagers. And, and th this is one of the ways that they can get back, you know. But anyways, um, and uh, Friday night, um, I said, we, we were talking back there, and Rich says, you know, he said to me, he says, if you start babbling, because you know, now that you're 80, you know, you just might just, you know, he says, I will, I will either say a loud hallelujah or an amen to try to get you, get you back on track. So, so if, you know, if I, if I, yeah, see. <laughs> okay. Lord, we thank you today for the opportunity of being in your house. Lord, we thank you that in this country we still have the freedom to do so. And Father, that uh, you have so graciously blessed us today to be here. We thank you for the worship that we had this morning to lift your name up, to praise you, to worship you, and to give you glory. So Lord, I just pray that... Uh, Dennis said, the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, I'm going to just say something at the beginning of this. That um, I will take a few quotes um, from a sermon that I, that I picked up online from a Greg Allen at Bethany Covenant Church out in Oregon. Okay, so I picked up a few little... Uh, snippets from him. Now, I, now to see that I can see what I'm reading, I got to put these things on. The question is, if you knew in advance that the Lord was coming in 12 hours, what would you do? Now, granted, I'm going to say that's not theologically correct, but of course, but if you if you had 12 hours of time to figure out what you had to do to make things right, what would you do? And this is, a, this is what he said. We know, of course, that he is coming, okay? We all know that. But no matter how much of a devoted or faithful steward of Bible theology we may be, we tend to think of it for all practical, practical purposes as something 
that will happen in the undefined future. But what would you do if you really knew, without a shadow of a doubt, that he would come back to Earth before the very end of this day? Would you panic? Would you rejoice? Would you even stay here to the end of the service um, because you had something more important that you needed to get straightened out? But I ask you to please stay, okay? And uh, would you need to make some phone calls in order to make some things right with certain people? Would you, would there be some purchases that you were planning to make that you might decide not to do? Some things that you were planning to watch that you might not watch, like the football games this afternoon. Um, some things you were planning to read that you would not read, or perhaps some read some things that you were planning to, planning to, planning to read. Would there be some ways of talking to certain people that would, you would need to repent? of some duties to perform that you are ignoring, some prayers to pray that you have been disregarding, would, would there even be a broken relationship with the Lord that you would need to re immediately repent of, or perhaps even a relationship by faith in him you, could, you would need to enter in the first time? I think that's a very interesting question to ask. I imagine that in answering it sincerely, each one of us would feel that we have some things that we would certainly do differently, perhaps in a very, uh, very quickly. Okay, I'll put the first slide up, please. In, uh, in uh, Mark 13, we see this uh, scripture. It says, but about the day or the hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house, puts his servants in charge, each one with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come, come back whether in the evening, midnight, when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. That first uh, a line in that, it says, but about the day and the hour, no one knows. It's interesting over the years that uh, there have been people that have tried to predict when the Lord has come. Now obviously they haven't really searched the scriptures too well because obviously we read that first line and they do not know, but um, pull a couple examples. Um, there was one in the mid 1800s. There was this guy who was a lay preacher and who had gathered a considerable following and he, and he claimed that the Lord was going to return in 1844. So many people sold everything they had, in, which meant uh, homes, farms, businesses, based upon this guy's word about the Lord was coming back. And so, of course, when it didn't happen, uh, these people were out considerably amount of money and possessions and so forth at great loss. 
and even some of them, after, after this, they, they quit going to church, and he, apparently even some of them even burned some church buildings down, some of these people that were that disgruntled over what this guy had said. And I don't remember this, maybe some of you do, but apparently back in 2011, there was somebody made a, a statement that the Lord was coming back on May 21st, 2011. Now, I don't remember that, but there again, you know, um, at that time, 2011, I would have been 70, so my mind was probably going then already. Okay, so, and, uh, so anyways, but anyways, the, the, the story was that he uh, said that it was coming on May 21st, and uh, a lot of people sent big, big amounts of money in to support his effort to um, advertise on billboards that the Lord's coming, and really played this up pretty big, and it never happened. Okay, so he 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 made a big pig to do about um, you know I made a mistake and everything like this, and obviously people asked if they could have their money back. Well, of course that never happened, but he revamped it and said now it's going to be October twenty first. Okay, and it didn't happen again. So you see that you, you have to be careful, be careful who you're listening to, okay? Because there are people out there that, that are deceivers, that, that do give you false information. I don't know where this guy got his idea of dates, but it says right, right in that um, verse that we're not, we're not to know the day nor the hour when the Lord will come again. I don't have one of those things that you you know you push your finger on and it flips the next page, so so I have to I have to do this. And then and then going back to that first line in there, um, there are there are. Um, things that we in our lives as Christians that we um, have to we have to look at and know that um, when God's Word states something God's Word is true it's not false it's not deceiving or anything like that God's Word is true right from the first word to the last word in his word and so that when somebody tries to tell you something different that's why we have to be very careful that we look at his word in uh, very closely and follow it see that page went pretty quick okay put the Luke one up uh, It says, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for the master to return for the wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master find them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. 
We'll have them recline at the table and we'll come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have not let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Now what are we supposed to do in between? The Lord gives us a day of our birth, December 26, 1941. That's a long time ago to, for some of you. Um, and, uh, and here I am on December 26, uh, 2021. The Lord has been gracious to me to give me a long life. I trust he will give me a lot more years, but only he knows that. And, uh, but there are some things that the Lord has us to do while we're, while we're um, waiting. And there are things in our lives that he um, has appointed for us to do. Various duties in the church as well as outside of the church. For instance, we will take oasis. In the church we have here, there's opportunities to watch little kids in the room over there. Not for me at 80 years old. I can't bend down to get at their level. But, you know, there, there is there is a place to, that when you're able enough to be able to watch little kids. Um, the kids are in, in uh, children's church right now, okay? Uh, that's another area that you can serve. Um, they would always be glad to have somebody else help out. Um, Tony would love to have a few more people help out in the cafe. Um, so there's many opportunities um, for you to help out, but you should not be slack off or be lazy about the time that the Lord has given you. Um, and so there is much, there is much um, for, for you to, to do um, between the beginning of your life and the end of your life. Um, I heard somebody quote this poem years ago, and maybe some of you may have heard it at a funeral. It's called The Dash. Um, and it's a very interesting poem. Kind of gives you a little bit perspective of life. I read of a man who stood to speak at a funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted the first came the date of the birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most was the dash between the years. For the dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth now only those who love them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live, love, and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. 
to be less quick to anger, show appreciation more, love people in our lives like we never loved them before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remember that little dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read and your life's actions are rehashed, would you be proud of the things they say about how you lived your dash? So it is important that how we live our life and how we spend it. Now, if you look back on your life, I look back on my life, there's periods of my life that I did not use my dash very well. And uh, I suspect that some of my kids will be in church next Sunday because they have a big bash planned for the family on Saturday. So if you want to know something about when I was a young father, you just ask my kids, okay? And they'll clue you in. Um, but, but it's never too late to change how you're spending your dash, okay? Um, and it's never too late for how the Lord can use you in your dash, okay? Um, so we have to be aware that every day as we live our life, that we're living, living our life in such a matter, manner that we honor the Lord with our dash, okay? Because someday we're gonna be accountable. I mean, salvation doesn't, isn't taken away from you but we will be accountable for what we've done with our dash. And so this morning, I just say to, say to you all that um, to consider, to consider the things that you do in your life, are they honoring to the Lord? So that when, when we all get to heaven and we stand before the Lord, we will, um, we will be honored what we've done with our dash. Okay, Ephesians. Because uh, no. it says in, that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So the Lord does have an, or, an order in your life of how you're gonna spend your dash, okay? He has that planned out to you, but it's up to you, up to you to honor what God has for you. I mean, we as humans, we can just, we can just ignore what the Lord has for us or we can honor him by following him in, in what he has for your footsteps in your life and in your dash. The first Thessalonians one, no. I'm only gonna read verse one and two and nine and 10. 
Now, brothers and sisters, about time and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Now, if you remember the, ver the verse in Mark there, it talked about the morning, noon, and night. And in, 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 the, in the Jewish households, um, there was four watches in, in the Jewish household. Okay, I gotta put my glasses on so I can see. Okay, the first one is the um, is the six to nine o'clock hour. Okay, that's that's when all work, all things of the day, come to an end. The, the evening meal was prepared. The children are all tucked in bed. The doors are closed. The lamps are out. Everyone retires to sleep. It's time to be quiet and rest. The Lord may come at midnight. Okay, the next one is, is the crowning of the rooster. And traditionally, this is the third watch of the night. Everyone's asleep. And if that rooster crows, you might want to go out and throw a shoe at him or something. And the whole neighborhood is quiet. If he's awake at all, they, they would wake up groggy and sleepy. The Lord, Lord may come then. Okay, I got a little story about a rooster. When I was a kid, I lived out in Norford, and I lived on a farm, and we didn't own the farm, but we had cows in the backyard, so you can imagine the smell was a little uh, smelly in the backyard, but you know, you get used to that. But I belonged to the 4-H, and uh, so of course I had to keep my project down to small, but of course most of the kids were in 4-H, they were, um, they were um, kids of farmers, so they were able to have cows and stuff, but of course I had to downsize to just chickens. And so I used to keep about a dozen chickens. And uh, one time uh, we had this rooster, and uh, that poor rooster, his time clock, was all messed up. I mean, that, that bird would crow any time during the day or during the night. I mean, and, oh, it was terrible. So anyways, um, my sister and I went to school one day, and uh, when we come home uh, for the evening meal, uh, we had chicken. And you guess what the chicken was. It was the rooster. Yeah, so um, that ended, that was his demise. So if he'd had a better time clock, he would have been, he'd have been better off. So we get down to the, down to the bottom of, of, the, of, the, of the scripture in Mark. And I guess the, the, point of, the, of my message this morning is the fact that Jesus, the angels, 
don't know when he's coming back. Only the Father does. Someday. Only the Father knows. Someday, God the Father is going to turn to Jesus who is on his right hand. He's going to say to Jesus, it's time. Go back to get your kids. Okay? And Jesus is going to be coming after us. But until that time, we, have, we all have jobs to do. But also, at the end of the, end of the story, is we have to be very watchful and vigil to keep watching all the time because Jesus could come at any, any time. And so we have to be ready for that time to happen. Where's Ben? Oh, he went home. Okay, because I thought he was going to do praise the name at the end for me. Okay, okay. What, you want me to sing? Oh, oh yeah, right. But anyways, um, I do have, I did have one no other note on the, on the side here. I wasn't, I wasn't going to use it, but I will. See, we got time. Back in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, if you recall, that was the story of Noah in the Old Testament. And you probably all know the story that, you know, the Lord told them to big, build a big ark, and it had never rained on earth before. And I'm sure that... Um, I mean, he was a, he, God said that he was a, a, a righteous man, that he followed the Lord's ways. But, um, you know, he's building this big boat, and uh, they've never had any rain before. And I'm not sure whether he might have scratched his head once or twice, of why am I doing this? But being faithful to the Lord, he did. But in, in uh, Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, the Lord said to Noah, get in the boat okay Noah did not, not know what was going to happen but the Lord told him get in the boat with your family and the animals close the door okay sort of like us with the second coming of the Lord we have to be prepared for when the Lord says to his son come and get them we have to be ready for when the Lord comes and, and uh, says it's time and you know have you ever considered that have you ever considered the fact of what it's going to be like when the Lord comes down the trumpet sounds and we're taken up I mean isn't that amazing you know, I tell you, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes when you, if you just sit and you contemplate some of these things that the Lord says in his word, like that he's going to send his son, it is, it's, to us humans, it really is mind-boggling. It really is. But I guess the point today is the fact that are you ready? Are you ready? for when the Lord comes again.
I guess that's the big question that each one of us has to ask ourselves. Am I prepared for when Jesus comes again? Lord, we thank you today for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the message that you came once, but you're coming again. You came once to save our souls. And Lord, you're coming again to take us to glory. Whether we physically die here first and go to glory, or you come before we, we die. But you have promised us in your word that you are coming again. I pray that everyone here this morning is prepared for when the Lord comes again. But I would ask you this question. If you're not prepared, there's an opportunity today to get yourself right with him, accept what he did the first time he was here, so you can be prepared for the, be prepared for the second time he comes. So I would ask you to, to Mike will be at the cross over here. And if you need to speak to him, Lord, I just pray that uh, you, would, you would do that this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is faithful and true. It uh, never fails. And Lord, it always, always is a blessing to hear your word. We thank you this morning for the opportunity that we've been in, in this place today to worship you and to give you glory and honor. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you give us of every day of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And as Dennis would say,